Radio Mystery Theater presents... G. Marshall. I think we've all heard that history repeats itself, but I know that I, for one, never had it happen to me until recently. A tragedy replayed that still has me stunned. If you remember the 1940s, war raging throughout Europe, Germany the invader, and among many cities and towns invaded was Doremi. Does that name ring a bell? Keep listening, for the bell will soon toll. Undeniably loud and sorrowfully clear. Lieutenant, how is the prisoner this morning? She refused to eat. Uh, is she in pain? Not a flicker of an eyelash would betray it. She is as brave as an Aryan. There is a ring of spies here, and that girl is the courier. The American we shot has delivered something to her. What? I have every intention of finding out. <laughs> mystery drama, The Voices, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by G. Frederick Lewis and stars Norman Rose and Amanda Plummer. I shall return shortly with Act One. retelling. Last summer, I was driving along the River Meuse in what the French call the Département of Vosges, and suddenly I was in Doremi, the town where Joan of Arc was born and baptized. I stopped and spoke with an old curé or parish priest who related this story. Of course, monsieur, you remember the Great War, the last Great War. The Germans invaded France, and in June of 1940, they were in Don Rémy. I was curé of our village at the time. A Frenchman by the name of Cochon had taken command in the name of the German military government. German? Yeah. Send the next prisoner in. Yeah, oh, yeah, Cochon. Hans, who is this next prisoner? What are the charges? It's a girl, Jeanne. Jeanne? That is all, no surname? Well, she gave no last name. We found her in a farmhouse. She wears trousers and a shirt, the clothing of a man. We searched the house and the barn. We found an American parachutist hiding in a haystack, uh, whom we have shot. Jeanne. You are Jeanne? Yes, I am. Sit there. What is your surname? I know of none. What? Everyone has a surname. I know only I am Jeanne. Who are you? My surname is Cochon. You will call me Sir. I am authorized by the arm of occupation to interrogate all French citizens who have disobeyed the edict of June 1940. You are French, sir? I am French. And you are in the pay of the Nazis? I will ask the questions and you will answer. A collaborationist! Sit down. Tie that girl to the chair. I pity you, Herr Cochon. May the Lord have mercy on your soul. 
Cochon, not cochon. The, the prisoner is tied securely, sir. Uh, what is your father's name, girl? Jacques, sir. Where is he? Also hiding under a haystack? My father joined the French army. Uh, then he is probably deserted or is dead. Your mother's name? Isabelle Romé. Mm. Any brothers, sisters? I have a sister, Catherine. But you won't get her. She has died. I have three brothers, Jacquemin, Pierre, and Jean. They are at the front. You were hiding an enemy soldier in your farmhouse. What other enemies are hidden in other farmhouses around here? You will have to ask the Lord. I act only for him. Oh, you do, do you? Hmm? How old are you, Jean? I am 19 years. Where are you from? Here. Doremi de Greux. We know that Doremi is a nest of those who would aid the enemy. We are conducting a house-to-house search, and anyone who is suspect will be taken out and shot. Now, you could make it much easier for yourself if you tell us who and where. I might even recommend clemency if you help us. I will do as I am instructed by the Lord, Herr Cochon. Do not make me angry. I told you my name is Cochon. I know what you are up to calling me Cochon, so it sounds like a pig. And to you, ma petite folle, I am Monsieur Cochon, not Herr. I am not German, I am French. Do you know that I could have you shot in one minute? Yes, I am your prisoner. Uh, to get back to the Lord. He instructs you, you say, hmm? Has this only been since the war? No. Since I was 13, when I received a revelation by a voice that instructed me how to behave. At 13, John, you heard a voice, hmm? I was very afraid then. I was in my father's garden, and the voice came from my right, the direction of our church, Notre Dame de Doremi. How interesting. You are wearing men's clothes. Does the voice tell you to do that? Yes. Why do you suppose it tells you that? Why would you need to disguise yourself as a man? I don't know. To help the enemy? I don't think so. You, Herr Conchon, are the enemy. The voices tell me I should not help you. Do the voices tell you that is the quickest way to death? Hans, I do not think Mademoiselle Jean believes I am in earnest when I tell her to confess those who are helping the Americans and the English. Would you be good enough to take one of the young lady's hands and bend it behind her back as far as it will go? Perhaps before it breaks, she will be convinced. May I ask, before I am tortured, that I am permitted to say the act of contrition to my curé? Have him brought here. I should not have thought the intercession of a priest necessary. Since you are on speaking terms with the Lord himself. I came to Jeanne and she made her confession. The contents of which, of course, I cannot reveal to you. As I absolved her of sin, I was struck then, as I still am today, by a peculiar sensation. Had this not happened 550 years ago to another Jeanne? Also born in Doremi, and who faced interrogators at this very spot. I have tried force with the prisoner, but 
she maintains she has nothing to add to her testimony. That she is alone in her acts, that no one conspires with her. Lieutenant, how did she appear to you today? Well, she refused to eat anything. Her arm? Bound up. Is she in pain? No, not a flicker of an eyelash would betray it. She is as brave as an Aryan. There is a ring of spies somewhere in Lorraine, and I am convinced Doremi is the center. The American landed here to deliver something to the underground. Well, he had no papers on him whatsoever. Bien entendu, of course not. The girl had already disposed of him. Have her come back here and I'll get on with the inquiry. Monsieur, don't you think she is a bit simple-minded? Now, all this nonsense about voices and lights. Well, I did not hear her say anything about lights. Is that what she told you? No, no, I do not believe she's the idiot she pretends. Her eyes are too clever. Have her in. Jean, I shall not have you tied to that chair today. I see that your arm is bound and in splints. You must understand I do not willingly cause you pain. You force it upon me. Yesterday you gave us to understand no one in Doremi or anywhere else conspires with you. And now perhaps today you uh, remember it differently. I have nothing to add. We have sworn evidence that you are a courier for the French underground. Courier? What is that? Do you deny that you have carried messages from Doremi to Paris, the contents of which are to sabotage the German offensive? Whatever I have done has been at the bidding of the holy voices. Ah, sir. Young woman, this is the 20th century. There are no voices other than human. You have withstood some pain by refusing to tell us who is in this plot with you. However... There are voices... I tell you, there are. Oh, let us try another way. Are you not aware it is against the state to harbor an enemy? I know it is against France to kill her friends. Silence. The American parachutist found hiding on your farm. Now, what was he doing there? I don't know. I saw him only when he was taken to the barn to be shot. Where are the others? What others? The other parachutists? I know of none. Do you think the voices have abandoned you now that you have been captured and may die? No. Do you believe they will rescue you? I don't know. Lieutenant Stoyer, you apprehended the prisoner. Do you, perhaps, have a question? Son, the night we took you prisoner and led you outside to witness the execution of the American parachutist, you cried out, Speak to me. Speak to me. I do not see the light. Oh, what did you mean? It does not matter. How many other peasant plotters and adventurers are in this with you? Nobody. Nobody. That is not what I meant. What did you mean then? On the two days before the lieutenant came to my father's farm, I saw a light. And then the voices spoke. This light, you see it only when it is dark? Yes. Mm. Then the voices? Yes. And these voices would instruct you what to do, where to go, what route to take, uh, whom to see, what to deliver. Isn't that so? Now, do you see, Kershaw, why one must keep on questioning, perseverance and calm? Now, my conclusion, Kershaw, is that these lights do exist. They are signals which are then followed by some form of radio transmissions which the girl hears and obeys. Tomorrow, we shall go over every inch of that farm, and I should be greatly surprised if we do not find a short wave receiver. Uh, Herman, take her away. 
Do not bother to send me food to myself. I shall not eat it. Are you trying to hasten your death? That will happen at the Lord's pleasure. I do not believe one word. I do not believe your inspiration is from heaven. But I do believe that you are pretending to be witless. You know exactly what you are doing. And you will be made to suffer, my girl, a great deal. Until you tell us what we wish to know. I pity you. Both. Satan has many victories, but only among the godless. It is he, not Germany, who rules you. Take the girl away. Every time I saw this John, I would remember the John of 550 years ago. Both girls were 19, both the same name, both her voices, saw lights. And in each case, the Inquisitor was from Rouen, and his name was Cochon. The following day, more questions and ridicule. Continue, Jean. You also hear the voice of this Michel, n'est-ce pas? Saint-Michel. You may canonize him if you wish. Saint-Michel. And uh, two females, you said, hmm? Yes. Saint-Catherine and Saint-Margaret. Oh, Catherine and Margaret. Good. We are making progress. These women are your accomplices. Isn't that so? Only in the sense that they pass along the words of the Lord. This Lord may be the code name for the head of the operation. Are these words instructions? Sometimes. Ah, will you tell us what are these instructions? I have already. You told us they were merely a caution for you to attend church more frequently. What other instructions, uh, more recent ones? I cannot answer that. You will answer that. You and Monsieur Michel and Mademoiselles Catherine and Margaret, you will all answer. Lieutenant Steuer, yeah? take the prisoner away. And if she continues to refuse information, would you be so good as to attend to her other arm? And if that does not persuade Mademoiselle, one might begin to break her legs. parish acquaintance, the curé told me, it was not surprising that while France was occupied by the Germans, that few would believe a farm girl who saw lights and heard voices. To the German invaders, there was only one reasonable explanation. Jean of Doremy was a partisan, and as such, had to be dealt with quickly and totally. I shall return shortly with Act Two. in the days of Joan of Arc, the English thought she was a witch. The French regarded her a saint. Five centuries later, the Germans believed this Jean of Doremy, a spy. Jean, if you are wearying of these many interrogations, I assure you we are not. Today I am asking Lieutenant Hans Steuer to read to you the official document that spells out the terms of your death, Lieutenant. 
By virtue of the authority vested in me by the Führer and the Supreme Commander of the Armed Forces, I hereby order as follows. Any person who hides or shelters enemy soldiers or prisoners of war who have escaped shall be subject to the death penalty. The chief of the military administration in France. Hiding enemy soldiers. Is that... Do you have anything to say? The American flyer you shot. Is it he I am being accused of hiding? Oui, your American sabotage agent. I know nothing about him. Only that you say he was American. When he was taken and shot, I fell to my knees and prayed to the Virgin Mary to receive his soul. That may be. To come back to the point, we've asked you repeatedly about a trip that you made to Paris. I have received certain information here which I hope will recall an incident at Notre Dame to you. We know that you went to Paris to deliver messages for the FFI. What is that? Oh, now, come along. You know, it's the resistance. And the place where the drop was, where the messages were to be left, was Notre Dame. We know that. And we know you were there. I went to Notre Dame to pray. Is that all? The baby. What about the baby? Prayers were being said for a baby which had died three days after it was born. We know that. And that you persuaded the parents to let you hold the deceased infant. Now, we are not accusing you of its death. But we want to know about the papers you placed in the baby's garment. You are all mad. Would you care to tell us your version, Jean? I happened to be there at the time. The mother and father brought the deceased baby to Notre Dame to be baptized. But it was too late. I asked to join in the prayers to Our Lady. There was no life in the child. I held it and prayed. And suddenly, the little one yawned three times. Color returned to its cheeks. And quickly, the priest baptized it. And then its life was gone. We are wasting our time. I believe none of this. Jean, to whom did you pray to revive this infant from death? To the angels? I always pray to those whose voices I hear. Uh, Cochon, can we dismiss this girl? I'd like to talk to you privately. Oh, yes. Herman, guard. Sir, remove the prisoner. Where are you taking me? Not to be shot, ma petite, not yet. You may go. Ah, Lieutenant, what uh, did you wish to tell me? I suggest that torture is not the means to extract the information. That girl, torture will produce nothing. She is like a, a wild thing, now have you noticed? She herself has been neutralized. Now, what harm can she do in our custody? I want her to lead us to this Michelle and the two women, Catherine and Margaret. Yes, of course, but so do I. What better way is there but to imprison the Jeanne in some secure place from which she can see a small piece of the world outside, but she is as helpless as a caged bird? Ah, we oui, I understand. That is Nazi psychology. <laughs> yes, exactly. She punishes herself. Now, is there such a place, not an ordinary prison or jail, uh, a place apart? And from which she could never be rescued. I wonder... You have an idea? Yes, I wonder. Have you seen the old castle of Beauvoir? Is that the uh, 13th century fortress in the field? It has a deep moat. The walls are strong. But best of all, for our purposes, 
It is a tower, 70 feet high. Hmm. Beau revoir it is. There is a room at the top of the tower. Perfect. Fräulein Ren, it is I, Herman. I have brought you your supper. Now, if the soup is not as hot as it should be, it takes a little time to climb 140 steps to the tower. Good evening, soldier. What is the time? Uh, it's uh, seven o'clock, Fräulein. No, I'm sorry you have to eat in the dark, but my orders are no light, no lamps, and uh, no candle. Will you take the food away? No, no, please, please, Fräulein. It has been days and you don't eat anything. They are trying me. And they have found a way. Here in this stone box, with the tiniest opening to the sky and the ground. I can put only one eye to that slit in the wall. Only one at a time. You will feel better if you eat. It, it's good bread here and the milk and the meat. Something has happened to me. The Germans have won over me. All is lost. All is lost. Lost. I speak to them. On my knees, I speak. I call out. Saints, angels, friends. But there's no answer. My voices, I don't hear them. For three days, I have been praying to Saint Michel, Saint Catherine, Saint Margaret, and our Blessed Virgin to answer me. Give me strength just with your voices. Guide me. One whisper, say only one word, that you are here. But there is nothing... Only silence. Fräulein, Fräulein, don't give up. Don't despair. Here, eat something. One spoonful of soup and a little. I can't swallow anything. Please, I talk to you as to my own daughter. Why have they put a good man like you here? Is it a trap? No, I, I, I think it is wrong to spend so much time fighting a war against a 19-year-old girl. But they pull the strings in Berlin and we jump. Uh, can you keep a secret? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I turn on my flashlight and look in that corner, Fräulein. You see, that ladder attached to the wall, it leads up to the roof. Now, if you climb up and push away, there, you see that wooden cover, there is a roof and you can walk around and feel more free. Just climb up? Yes, yes, no one can see you. The parapet is too high. No one will know. To walk about and be under the sky? I can kneel and pray. And up there, perhaps the voices will find me. Yes, and you will see the birds and the life below in the fields. At least for a little time. They are going to kill me, aren't they? I have done nothing. Yes. They don't believe you. Do you believe me? I don't have to believe you. I have to guard. You know, make sure you don't escape from the tower, but some things I don't see. I don't see you go up that ladder and enjoy a little freedom. Thank you, soldier. My name is Herman. Thank you, Herman. You trust me. 
How strange. You can't sleep here? Uh, I see you can't either. Yes, that girl, that Jeanne. Could it be that there is someone so innocent, so pure? Of course not. We will break her hearts. Uh, there was a complaint today from Berlin. All over France, the aerial engine and machine tool works are... They're not doing well enough. Outside Doremi is the largest machine tool factory in France. I will go see the manager in the morning. Oh, here they come. American or British? What is your guess? Well, they never get close enough to tell. I wonder which way they are heading. They're dropping bombs here. It's a shelter. I want it explained to me, Herman, clearly without emotion, superstition, or guesswork. How did it happen? It was it was a coincidence. How, how else could it be? That is not a good enough explanation. What happened from the time you took the prisoner her tray of food until the air attack was over? I, Am I, I asking too much? No, I, I made a mistake. Uh, no conclusions, facts. Well, I, I made a mistake in judgment. I told the prisoner she, she could go to the top of the tower tonight to walk about, you know, stretch her legs. Was there a reason for this? She was becoming hysterical, crying. Locked up in the stone tower with only a, a, a small window two inches across to see out of. It did not occur to you there was a reason why we placed her in that tower? Yes, because it was a safe place from which she could not escape or be rescued. Did you accompany the prisoner to this roof? No, sir. I, I stayed below, but I, I, she could not get past me. Oh, you stayed below. For how long? Until I smelled fire coming from the fields. Then I climbed the ladder and I saw her. What was she doing? She was praying. How did you know that? Well, she was on her knees and I could hear her. Then she'd look straight up into the sky. And when she did this, I could see suddenly one of the haystacks started to burn. And then another and another. How long did you permit the prisoner to signal her accomplices in this manner? Uh, sir, she wasn't signaling. I can swear to that. Just... Every time she lift her face, another haze that caught fire. And then? I could see the bombers coming. I dragged her back down the ladder to the tower room, just in time, too. I was mistaken about her. I was beginning to believe... Herman, the facts are, the enemy sent over a bomber squadron. They spotted the burning haystacks which led them directly to the machine tool factory outside of Doremi. Well, I didn't know there was such a factory. Not anymore. A burned-out shell. We did not know. They knew. But I, I don't see how that girl could have had anything to do with this. You have no more answers for me? But, sir, I told you all I know. All right, then let us see what she has to say. You wish me to go to the tower and fetch her? If you do not mind, Herman, I would not want to trouble you. This may be the last service you perform in that uniform. No, no, I, I am going, sir. I'll bring her here directly. Disappeared from her room. Mm. The trap door to the roof open. Oh, stupid of me not to have nailed a shot. She must be out here somewhere. 
Oh, this is the end of my army career. It's prison for me. I'll never see Dusseldorf again. Who's that? That's her, Jeanne. Yes? Jeanne, your face is all blood. Jeanne. I jumped. From up there? The roof? Seventy feet? I have sinned. The voices told me not to jump, but I, I, I had to. Why, why did you do it? I would rather give my soul to the Lord than remain in the hands of the enemy. Telling you exactly what the Doremi Parish priest told me. Those of you familiar with events in the life of Joan of Arc will remember. She too jumped from the Tower of Beaurevoir. She too prayed over a dead infant who came to life and was baptized. But how could such things be? Two such Jones, five centuries apart. I shall return shortly with the rest of the Curie story and Act Three. I put to the old curé of Doremi, and I put it to you also, is, could such a guardian angel return to France after 500 years? I, for one, could not believe it. Even so, the parish priest would not let me go until he had finished the account of the 19-year-old who fought against the military occupation the only way she knew how. Pierre, why do you find it so impossible to believe this girl Jeanne is not imbued with the Holy Spirit? That she is not pretending. I am a realist, Hans. She is either demented or faking. Ah, you seek a rational explanation. She has three accomplices we know of. Like all French children, she has learned all about Jeanne d'Arc years ago. How she admitted at the trial praying to Saint Michel and Saints Catherine and Margaret. But today there are no saints. Those are code names. Mm. Uh, did you check the town records, her birth certificate? There is none. I do not know where this Jean comes from, but 19 years ago, no Jean was born here. All entirely fictitious. Well, perhaps uh, they had a fire. Your records get destroyed. Yes, possibly. But she's trying to make us think there is some connection between her and our great saint. How can you be so positive? It is not Possible, Hans, by the furthest stretch of the imagination or the longest arm of coincidence for the girl's mother to have the identical name of Jean of Arc's mother, Isabelle Romay, for her father's name to be Jacques, and the children, Jacques-Mer, Jean-Pierre, and the voices of the same saints, Michel, Catherine, Margaret. It is all a code for partisans, a network of the resistance, and sooner or later we must find them. You don't believe, then, that the haystack started to burn as she prayed? A girl gives a signal. Haystacks burn. Bombers arrive. Factory totally destroyed. Well, I am not so sure. Well, then you explain it, then. 
You stopped my hand when I said I'd wring it out of her. No, you said. That is not the way. Pierre, we also have facts. We have gone over that farmhouse and the fields around a dozen times. There is nothing hidden, no transmitters, no receivers, nothing to connect that girl with the French underground. Nothing except the American flyer you found. And we have done nothing to stop it happening again. Except to drive her to attempt suicide. Seventy-foot drop. For the present, a blessing. She is out of the way. The miracle is that girl could fall at that distance and survive. Well, I'm glad you said miracle. At least uh, you admit to such a possibility. Lieutenant Steuer, a telegram for you from Berlin. Thank you, Herman. Uh, you may close the door behind you. Pierre, I've been ordered back to Berlin. Ah, when will you be back here? I don't know. Now, one request I make for you. Let the girl go. Who knows? It may take months before she's healed, and by that Aunt, time... I she... do not understand you. She has been punished enough. I have the impression, Pierre, you personally feel you must pursue this child 19 years to the very end, or you will not be satisfied. You must like being made a fool of. She poses as an ignorant peasant girl, but you know that she is aiding our enemy. I do not know that. And she has not made a fool of us. Now, before I go and pack, you must know something else. Up to now, we have jointly administered this region. Now, you will be alone. However, I have kept one matter from you. I could not break the girl's arms. I simply could not. I bound them up as if I had done what we threatened to. Why, Hans? I cannot explain it. Something prevented me. I could not hurt her like that. Herman, God. Yes, who's there? It is I, Cochon. Ah, yeah, Cochon. I, I didn't expect you this evening. I'm oh, just making the rounds. How is the prisoner tonight? Uh, very ill. It's feverish. The nuns from the Domremy Hospital came to see her today. They gave us some medicine to lower the fever. By whose order? It was the lieutenant's final order before he left for Berlin. The nuns are taking her to the hospital tomorrow to be x-rayed. I forbid it. She is not to be moved. But, sir, I don't see what difference is it to, to you. To me, no difference. None whatsoever. What happens to her, I could not care less. Only the principle of it. An enemy of France is not cared for like a friend. But she is so young. A simple charity. I do not understand you. Are you a German? What are you? This Jean with no last name, who harbors soldiers who would kill you on sight. You like the idea she is placed in our hospital in the same room with heroes? Well, you must be misinformed, uh, Monsieur Cachon. There are no soldiers in the Domremy hospital. You dropped something. Uh, well, shine your flashlight over here so I can see what it is. Yes, sir. Oh, yes, some shears I had in my pocket. Oh, I'll get them, sir. Here you are, sir. Believe me, the hospital is not used for soldiers. I am not here to explain the conduct of the war to you. Take me across this moat and up to the top where the girl is quartered. Ah, my flashlight's gone dead. I'll have to go find a land. Well, then go and find it and hurry up. I do not intend to talk to a prisoner I cannot see. I will say, I will say one 
as to be in good physical shape to climb up all these steps. Uh, this is the door, Monsieur Crochet. Well, open it. Yes, uh, but would you hold the lantern for me, please? Uh, the key doesn't always fit the lock. Uh, you may open the door. Yes, sir. Someone to see you. Who is it? It is I, Cochon. I shall keep the lantern, Herman. You may wait outside. Uh, do not close the door. I don't fancy myself locked in. Now, Mademoiselle Jean, have you had time to think over your sins? Hmm? Are you ready to confess? I have spoken the truth about everything I know. Oh, have you? Those voices... Jean of no name. Shall I tell you what I think? I think you lie. I think there are no voices. And as I look about me in this filthy room, I am very concerned with your health. There must be lice here. <laughs> and they must be on you and in your hair. So, to protect you from disease, I have brought some shears to trim your locks so that your head will be clean. Hold still now. Excuse me, sir, but may I ask, sir, what you're doing? You may ask, Herman, but if you have eyes, you can see. I am about to cut off the prisoner's dirty, lice-infected hair. I, I, I'm sure that is necessary. Uh, I, a I, favor. I... This person is most concerned with godliness. I, on the other hand, begin with cleanliness. Now, don't move, Jean. I would not care to miss. You see, these shears are quite sharp. Permit me, the curé, who knows this story personally, to interject a comment. For reasons I have not been able to explain to myself to this day, that French collaborationist Pierre Cochon appeared to take a sadistic delight in tormenting the 19-year-old John. The following midnight, weak as she was, he had her brought to his house. It was the night of another air raid. Your friends, John, are overhead. Are you ready yet to name those with whom you are in league? No more lies, please. I've told you the truth. About yourself as well. Why do you pattern what you say after Jean d'Arc? Her parents, her beliefs, her saints, the voices who told her what to do. I do not understand the reason. You accuse me of fabricating a family with the same names as our beloved saints. And did I steal your name also from the history books, Pierre Cochon? What do you mean? Pierre Cochon, the Bishop of Beauvais. Everybody knows it was in his diocese, Jeanne d'Arc, was captured. Everybody knows he was the chief inquisitor who tortured John month after month for eight long months. Pierre Cochon plagued and bullied and reviled. Tell me, Monsieur Pierre Cochon, are you an invention of mine also? I will grant you that one coincidence. It is not an uncommon name. Oh, but I think it is most uncommon. Cochon, repent. Declare yourself a sinner and throw yourself upon the mercy of the Lord. What are you talking about? Now you are afraid of me. 
I see fear in your eyes. Even by this slowly burning lamp, I see fear. Be quiet. But does it feel like not to be true to yourself? Is that why you are false to everyone? You were a Frenchman once, but now you are a man with no country and no soul. The voice of Saint-Michel has made me know why you made an enemy of me. You and I know what a traitor you are. A Judas. Turn your life around before it is too late. On your knees. Beg for forgiveness. Ah, let me out. The door. Jean, there are flames everywhere. Save me. consumed by fire. History's bishop, Pierre Cochon, lived on for many years, as did this Pierre Cochon, the collaborator. I happen to know that for certain, since I met him. For he was the old curé who told me the story I've just repeated. I shall return shortly. tell us, nor does it know, whether heavenly voices actually did lead Joan of Arc to defeat the enemies of France. Or was it purely her imagination? On the other hand, what is imagination but man's capacity for inspiration? Couldn't you also say imagination is a kind of divine ecstasy, giving us the ability to come closer to the angels? Our cast included Norman Rose, Amanda Plummer, and Earl Hammond. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.